When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Girl World. It is I, David Odyssey. Uh, Today, or at the release of this podcast, it is indeed America's Pluto return. So I thought I'd do a special edition and break from our normal pop culture format. There will be plenty of pop culture in this, but I wanted to kind of explain what that means and what I think it's going to mean and what happens next. What's been leading up to this moment, it's kind of a big culmination in astrology and it's certainly, I wouldn't even say it's once in a lifetime, it's once every, every few lifetimes. Um, This hasn't happened since, you know, the late 18th century. So I'm going to break that down. But first, let's get to business. Um, Yes, it is true. Gabby Hornig, Melissa and I went to see Death on the Nile. Um, It was so fucking cold on Saturday. And I was so broke. The idea of like going out, I was just like dead inside. And I was like, I can't stay home and watch the nanny anymore. And so we did go and see Death on the Nile. This time we took in soup dumplings, scallion pancakes, shrimp shumai, dark chocolate, Australian licorice, and seltzer. The movie was bad. Um, I realized that Gal Gadot is Arnold Schwarzenegger of our generation, which is to say, like, she is so fucking charismatic that I don't need her to be a good actress in the way that, like, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger did a lot of good movies, like Running Man, Total Recall, Terminator, Predator, Commando, like those, obviously Terminator 2, those all stand the test of time. So Gal, I'm like... You just be luminous and don't worry about um, skill (laughs) or technique. Um, It was just like, yeah, Don French and Jennifer Saunders were there. Love seeing the girls, but it was like really not. It's what my roommate would call the uncampy valley, which is like where it's trying too hard to be campy in some places. And then in other places, it's not campy enough. And it was like. I don't know. Surely an Agatha Christie text is like better written than that. So I'm not really sure what happened Um, because I would have been game. It was just so like it was just too big. Anyways, um, there's 
a shadow over New York right now. I, you know, I keep going back and forth because if you listen to last week's episode, I'm talking about how New York is back. And I do think that. I do think, like I was saying, we are in 2012 again. Kiko, sorry, had a beautiful show at the Bell House. Um, you know, there is, I was at that weird performance art party last week. Like there is a sense of a return. There's all sorts of new nightlife things that I've never heard of, which means that, you know, the children have, have made a reclamation. But I don't know. I just feel like everyone is fucking broke, which we're going to talk about when we get into the Pluto return stuff. I just feel like everyone is broke and there's just a sense of like a lot of artists who are just like a little bit embittered. And I'm I'm including myself. There is just a sense of like, you know, I keep thinking about Alejandro Hodorowsky when he's like, this system makes of us slaves, this money, this shit. Um, I'm just like, yeah he's right like he's an Aquarius and you know I I also think there's so many planets in Aquarius and so many in Pisces over the next month that things are just like a little smoky and a little bit like not there's just no sense of like um it would be nice to hold like a wad of cash in, in one's hand if that makes sense or like a dick in one's hand and right now things are just so like so ephemeral and so like um theoretical um so it's hard okay i'm just saying that okay um look uh speaking of money in class i did finish great expectations by charles dickens i loved reading that book because it was a pocket-sized volume which means i could take it with me to the nightclub um it fit in my pocket i loved that book um Jane Eyre was definitely more of like a page turner, but obviously I needed to meet the Miss Havisham, the Miss Havisham archetype. I'm going to need to do some sort of a review on who is history's greatest Miss Havisham. I know that we have Helena Bottom Carter and Gillian Anderson among the ranks. Um, you know, I as a shut-in adore the woman. I did not expect the book to be so devastating, and it really was. It really was, like, what that book did with the lie of class escalation and, like, the, you know, it it had a lot of parasite in it, which is, like, if you change your circumstances, it will be done in blood, and it will involve a dark sacrifice, Um, which I didn't expect, you know. I guess I'm still, and again, we're going to get into this with America's Pluto return, but you know, the, what is dying with America's Pluto return right now is that American dream of like, you can change your, you know, it's very Libra. You can change your circumstances and Charles Dickens, you know, British workhouse person. What was his, what was his sign? Just let's see. Um, Charles Dickens was... Okay, perfect. He's an Aquarius. So Charles Dickens, the Aquarius, is saying, like, this isn't going to take you where where you think it will. And, you know, this Aquarius who writes the Pip character is like, you actually, you know, it's a little Marxian of just, like, you should be with your people. You shouldn't try to, um, you shouldn't try to, quote unquote, like, make it. Um, it's a lie. It's not real. You know, the British are always very clear about, like, class 
the British expectation, the British relationship with class is very different because it's just there. It's, you know, we're not allowed to talk about class in America. Ooh, Jeremy Irvine was in The Great Expectations in 2012. You know, I adore Jeremy Irvine because he is in what? Mamma Mia, here we go again. Um, I actually would watch that. Um, can, how do I watch that? Um, does anyone want to make some phone calls for me? Oh, it's with Mike Mike Newell directed it. Yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy that. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Anyways, um, to continue on with this, this shtetl commentary, while mopping the apartment on Friday, I listened. I did not know that the Fiddler on the Roof Yiddish Broadway cast recording or off-Broadway cast recording was on Spotify. Classically, Tommy O'Malley and I went and saw that in 20. I think it was early 2019. I think it was this time, 2019, but I might be wrong. We saw that a a few mushrooms might have been involved, and we had a life-changing experience. I will never forget that production as long as I live. It is the greatest production of any show I've ever seen. Um, First of all, you know, seeing these stacked, hot, Gentile actors in the role of you know perchik learning to speak perfect flawless yiddish and engaging with jackie hoffman as yenta it is a victory of the jews um but you know fiddler on the roof when we're talking about like breaking the dream and i know i've talked about this a lot but like what i really understood with that production and with the second act of fiddler on the roof which as you may know like titanic the Fiddler on the Roof VHS was split into two tapes. At my Jewish private elementary school, we were only allowed to watch the first tape. I did not know that anything happened after the wedding because they thought it was too dark or whatever. Um, you know, which is the equivalent of only watching the first 90 minutes of Titanic. That sounds lovely. Okay. Um but what I really, and then of course in 12th grade, you know, as Lulu Krauss knows, I did play the Butcher Laser Wolf. We had to put spirit a spirit gum beard on me. I'm currently wanting to grow a beard out, but I just think my skin might be too fucking sensitive. Um, I really don't know how to do it, okay? Um, the end of Fiddler on the Roof, the Russians show up and just say to the Jews of Anatevka, like, that's it, you're leaving. Um, and the Jews don't really, like, take a stand or fight back. They just have to, like, pack their bags and deal with it. And, you know, that is the obvious refutation of every single American story of, you know, like, the people took a stand. In the same way that Great Expectation really refutes this idea of, like, go find your place in the world, um, you know, change your circumstances, embrace your dreams, all of that. Great Expectations is like, you might be getting sold a lie. And so anyways, listening to that Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, like, fuck. Um, I'll say it now. The The David Odyssey Patreon has, has landed. The David Odyssey Patreon is live and if you like this podcast, I think you will truly love it. And I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about and like conceiving of how what is the thing I want to be doing that I think like my people would enjoy. So one of the tiers is uh, an extra audio installment every month, um, along with commercial free episodes of the luminaries. Hello. But it is 
lessons on mythic archetypes. So that is um, a lot of the goddesses, planets, uh, asteroids, tarot figures who, you know, emerge throughout pop culture, etc., etc. And the inaugural one, which I hope you'll um, become a patron and listen to, is on Lilith. And, you know, when I was listening to um, Tevia's Dream and Fiddler on the Roof, Fruma Sarah is Lilith. That is Lilith incarnate, and it is so fucking delicious. The way she ululates, what could be better? Okay, while we're on, while we're talking about the Patreon, I, I just want to say, because it just launched, I have to promote it. Um, there is another tier that includes a monthly kind of horoscopic sermon. That is to say, it is me doing a breakdown of all the key dates for the coming season and talking about your horoscope, etc., what's coming up for the world. Um, and there are also subscription, you know, you can sign up to get a quarterly reading, which I think you'll enjoy. Um, so please check it out. Patreon.com slash David Odyssey question mark. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. Okay. Um, obviously Ruby and I are starting our course next week. Um, Ruby McAllister and I are doing our um astrology course tuesday nights in march on zoom you can register at davidodyssey.com slash readings um it's going to be really wild um and people who took the tarot course can tell you it was really something so um i hope you can be there i'm excited about all of this stuff i'm really enjoying studying learning and teaching like who knew um you know i would be i would be a uh Fuck, what is her name? Catherine, um, who is the, like, terrifying one that I love, that I interviewed? Um, who is Serial Mom? Um, right, Kathleen Turner, who I love and who I've interviewed. It's like, yeah, that bitch loves to teach because she's a pro. Um, so lastly, I just want to say, yes, um, My Brilliant Friend starts next week. I have rewatched the Ischia chapters death, violation, tragedy, and betrayal. There's not much else to say, but um, I don't know. You really realize I am a fatalist, obviously, because I'm an astrologer, but like the big events in life, the big betrayals, like that person who's supposed to come into your life and just absolutely decimate it, you know, that thing that's supposed to happen, that illness, like it just has to happen. You know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying you look at those big key moments and you're like, wow, so much happened leading up to it. So much happened after, and you can't kind of, I guess it's all a package deal. Um, at least that's how I think about my own shit. You know, for me to be here, I kind of had to accept the bad with the good. So speaking of accepting the bad with the good, let's talk about Pluto returns. So February 22nd marks the Pluto return of the United States. What does that mean? So we know with a Saturn return that around every 28-ish years, Saturn makes a full revolution in your chart. Um, And that's kind of a culmination point. It's a review point. It's kind of like a wake-up call. Pluto moves a lot slower than Saturn because Pluto is like a billion light years away. And Pluto takes a full 248 years to make a full revolution. So you don't, one does not quite live through Pluto returns um, automatically. So 
we're going to talk, I'm just going to lay it all out for you. Um, Pluto, if you listen to this podcast, you know, is the planet, it is the destroyer. It is the karmic generator. It is the planet of creation and destruction. So we think about Pluto as the ruler of the underworld. Pluto uh, kills us, plunges us into the underworld, exposes us to the horrors, memories, traumas, and gifts within, and then uh, brings us to life, kind of reborn. Pluto acts as a, uh, a site in, in your astrology, as a site of purging, of burning things down, and, uh, you know, from the ashes, something arrives anew. So, in 1776, at the Declaration of Independence, etc., Pluto was at its exact degree as it is today, which is to say that America has basically had one Plutonic revolution. So that this does not necessarily mean that that's the end for America. Um, Pluto returns some countries, um, and I wrote about this for Nylon, but some countries have had multiple Pluto returns. So the UK has had three. Um, I think Iran has probably had a few. I'm just not sure how that it's weird when it's weird when ancient lands like take on statehood so i'm not really sure about that um the roman empire had two um but you know it's interesting when you look at the uk because the first um yeah so the first was in 1066 um which is thought of as oh no no i'm sorry the first is actually 1311 to 1315 um, then 1555 to 1562, and then 1801 to 1810. So, you know, it's not like the UK ended, um, but they are these periods of upheaval. So the second one is really interesting because when we're talking about the UK, the second um, Pluto return is Queen Mary to Queen Elizabeth, the Elizabethan age. Um, you know, that is the golden age of, of, of England, we see Shakespeare, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can learn a lot. There's a great article by Ray Grass about this if you want to learn more. The next Pluto return is speaking of Charles Dickens is around you know the dawn of the 19th century. So we're seeing the integration of Ireland. We're seeing the Napoleonic Wars. We're also seeing the slave trade that that began during the second Pluto return, ending in the third Pluto return. So I'm laying all of this out because. These are periods of destruction. They're often periods of upheaval, chaos, societal change. They are not necessarily final destruction. They could be, um, you know, I don't, I can't make any promises, but they are often about a country's identity shifting. So with this, you know, the other thing to, to be clear about is, it's not like this is a one-day transit and America has changed forever. I think anyone with two eyes, two ears, and a nose has observed, you know, what's been going down on a plutonic scale over the last few years and what will continue to reverberate. So this is really a kind of like a larger scale transit. So it takes a, a long time to unfold and it affects like the entire human race. So it's a little broad. So... Pluto is in 
Capricorn, which is where it was when we signed the Declaration of Independence. You know, Capricorn is the sign of the state, which makes sense. Capricorn is the sign of the patriarchy. It's the sign of governance. It's the sign of rulership. So, you know, that makes sense when we signed the Declaration of, of Independence. It is claiming statehood. You know, we are we are not the children of, of Great Britain. We are our own fathers. So now that Pluto's been in Capricorn, Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008, hello, which is when Britney Spears' conservatorship began, but it's also when uh, Barack Obama was, was um, you know, elected. We could think from 2008 to now, because Pluto will be moving into Aquarius by 2024, what, what do we know about this period when we think about Pluto and Capricorn? So first of all, Capricorn, which we think about as the 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 abuses of power, the abuses of the father, and we think about Pluto, the god of the underworld, which exhumes on a really literalistic level. You know, I was reading in the Atlantic um, a few months ago about how throughout the country there are graves of um, of people who died either of former slaves or people who were oppressed through in the many years after um through jim crow etc who are not properly or correctly buried and there is huge movements for burial restitution you know if you saw uh i mean obviously this is spanish but i'd love to know about spain's pluto returns but if you um saw almodovar's new movie which i loved parallel mothers a huge theme are the unmarked graves of um people who died from the fascists. Um, And we also know about, and this is Canada, but still, um, over the last six months, they've discovered hundreds of unmarked graves of Native American children who were sent to these like oppressive Catholic schools where they basically were so maltreated that they died and they were buried in mass graves. So on a literal level, we're exhuming the abuses. Then we go metaphorical. The last, you know, 14 years, what have we seen? We've seen Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Les Moonves. We've seen all of these figures of great power, these kind of fathers, Bill Cosby. These fathers, these titans, these rulers, um, we've seen their sins kind of come up and dredge up. And we've, you know, with with Brett Kavanaugh, like we've seen this... um, this exposure of of the abuse of power. Um, so that's very Pluto and Capricorn. You know, a big part of what Ruby has taught... Ruby, Ruby was the one who really taught me, like, look, we are in the scammer generation and the world has all become scammers. And, you know, she said that a few... She said that already, like, three year, three or four years ago. Of course, now there's the fucking Anna Delvey show. There's going to be two shows about Elizabeth Holmes. Like, every documentary is about a scam or a cult or, um, you know, someone who almost got away with it. So a big part of this Pluto in Capricorn energy is, you know... Dad isn't putting food on the table anymore. We've gone through these economic recessions. Of course, Pluto and Capricorn immediately set off the 2008 financial crash. Um, and it is the realization of like, it, you know, that theme of the forefathers saying, um, 
we're not the children of, of England anymore. We have to take care of ourselves. It is similar, obviously, in a, but it's much more bitter and dark and loathsome of like, I have to fend for myself. I have to pull off any any um, scam that I can to do that. Um, we see, of course, the last 14 years, we have seen, we've entered a surveillance state. Um, you know, not only with the rise of, of Facebook, but we have watched, you know, as as we just come to understand as Americans that like our phones are being used against us, that the NSA, you know, I remember being in 2005 when it was a shock that the NSA might be wiretapping our phone calls. Now it's just understood that your face, everything about you is a commodity. That is a big part of Capricorn. Capricorn is very much we live in a panopticon, you are being watched by father, by by the prison guards. And we have seen, you know, um, Euphoria does a great job of showing this, but, you know, the idea of the last few years we've seen the rise of OnlyFans, um, you know, we've seen people become these demi-celebrities or these influencers by saying, I know I'm being watched, I'm going to like, I'm going to just grab the camera and put it on me. So we're seeing a lot of like surveillance culture, obviously. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Ray Grass points out that, uh, of course, Us, the movie that came out in 2019, which is so much about like the violations of slavery being brought brought up and the violations of, of racism kind of rising up from underground. Ray Grass in his article really points out very well that like Us, the Jordan Peele movie, is a literal it's a literalization of Pluto returns. And he says that even one of the shadow children, one of the tether children is named Pluto. Like it's very much about this, like the, the, you know, and parasite winning best picture is also very Pluto and Capricorn. It is about like this, this, this plunging into the abject reality of what capitalism has done. You know, this Pluto return is, is all about capitalism, obviously. Um, It's interesting because, Mad Men started, I think, in 2007, but I think Mad Men is a really... Dif- Mad Men, I would say, ugh, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. I'm not trying to sound like um, a straight man here, but those are really Pluto Returns shows. Um, Mad Men is about the fantasy of the American advertisement and the family who buys that. And Betty Draper wakes up from that, you know? And Don Draper realizes why he's selling this thing that never existed. Breaking Bad is about someone who can't make it, who can't make ends meet, so starts really hustling and becomes becomes a villain. You know, we have The Dark Knight coming out in 2008. Dark Knight is very much about how far does Batman go before he becomes a surveillance machine? And, you know, the... Marsha Belsky always uses this quote about Rudy Giuliani, but, you know, you either die a hero or live long enough become, to become the villain. We see the Joker becoming this dominant cultural figure because the Joker is the hanged man. He is the devil. He is the shadow side to this, this, this sense of order. We also see over the last 14 years a, an, um, a surge in girl boss culture. Um, well, kind of the rise and fall of girl boss culture. That has a lot more to do with like cyclical feminism and, and backlash decades. And, you know, I would say that has a lot more to do with like the revival of kind of 
80s work feminism, which we're already post that. But, you know, we're seeing this sense of in the way that we see girl boss culture, we're seeing um, like American apparel gay rights. We're seeing gay rights becoming so mainstream that, uh, you know, all of this having to do with the dark specter of neoliberalism. You know, there is this sense that even liberalism can be owned by the state. And that's kind of what Pluto exposes is this thing of like, these things which were considered abject, which are basically like women and queers, in some way can be bought, owned, and repackaged too. You know, it's a cliche now that um, that Chase Bank has a, a pride activation, but that was not like, that is a recent phenomenon. Um, I, I just have to like really put that out. Like that's the last decade. Uh, trust me. In, in 2006, it was not, I, I, you know, I've been to a lot of pride parades. It was not like that. Um, so we're seeing this hyper, I'm laying all this out to lay out what's kind of culminating right now. We're seeing all of these forces coming to a hyper acceleration point. We're seeing, we're also seeing, if we think about Pluto, the rise of Plutocrats. So let me just lay that out. Plutocrats, you know, um, the plutonic depths, the plutonic wealth represents the treasure buried below. The plutocrat is these wealth-driven terror mongers. Hello, Donald Trump. And with Uranus and Taurus, which is its own thing, Uranus and Taurus means that uh, this the next five years we have similar astrology to the 1930s. We also see the rise of the autocrat. Taurus is all about individual autonomy. Autocrats say, and the, the Atlantic also had a great piece on the rise of the modern autocrat. Autocrats say, this power is my own. Um, I own this power. It is for me and my cronies. So we're seeing that happen. So what happens when we have um, a Pluto return? Um, first of all, I don't know that it means that America ends. I do think that the reckoning of the last three years, the reckoning with the history of colonialism, slavery, corporatism, capitalism, racism, and like we have, we honestly haven't even scratched the surface of what was done to the Native Americans, and I don't know what transit that's going to be. Um, all of that, you know, has been leading up to this point. So that doesn't mean that America ends. It just means that. For a lot of us, Pluto has purged or scorched away the kind of idea of what America was um, that we came into. On the flip side, there are going to be people who are doubling down. You know, there are going to be people who are saying, no, this idea of America that I was led to believe in is the only truth and I'm going to fight for it, kill for it, you know, storm the Capitol for it, etc., etc. So, on one hand, we're seeing the idea of this thing going through like a spin cycle and a, and a purge cycle. So it's not that America will be destroyed. It could be, but it's that it's it's whatever remains after the purge. What are we going to build with it anew? The other thing I would really think about with America is this. You know, I say this as a Jew, which means, you know, Jews are the chosen people and we kind of have to reckon with like, the gifts and curses of that and what's fucked up about that. But I think what's really happening in a big way is that we've understood, we're understanding America's scale. You know, America is just not 
America still is a superpower, but we've seen the possibility that it is not the superpower. Um, trust me, I would not want to be in China, and I'm not celebrating a country that uh, puts its um, Muslim population in concentration camps, nor would I want to be in Russia either. I'm just saying America's scale has changed. You know, this the sense of glory and greatness is still there, but we're a little, you know, as much as America has taken over the world, as much as Disney has consumed the world, by the way, a huge part of Pluto and Capricorn is the nostalgia machine we live in, the kind of Marvel, Disney, everything being revived, all of these uh, old ideas being brought back. That is very Pluto and Capricorn because it is Capricorn, the tradition, Pluto, death. It is bringing the dead back to life in a fear of something new. That's going to change, which I'm about to talk about. But as much as the whole world has become America and as much as like the capitalist, you know, Mickey Mouse um takeover has been complete in other ways you know this nation is it, it it's its place has changed and that's okay um and a lot of things have just been really rendered obsolete like i think the two-party system we're kind of at the end of it um i'm not saying it's going to go away tomorrow i'm just saying like we have realized the end of it. And also, you know, as we're watching voting rights be gutted, which is voting rights is the core of America. It's kind of the only thing that defines this country. As we're coming to that, we're seeing that like what makes America America can literally Pluto be rooted out and gutted. Um, so now what? In 2023, but really in 2024, Pluto enters Aquarius. So the last time Pluto was in Aquarius was the end of the 18th century, which is, of course, during the French Revolution. Um, so what's interesting about the last time... So Pluto's in Capricorn now. Capricorn is tradition and father. Uranus is revolution, teen spirit. So Uranus, uh, not Uranus, uh, Aquarius. Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. Aquarius is the sign of change, progress, new technology. So, you know, what I discovered today, which I had forgotten about is, you know, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto weren't discovered until like the last, over the last 200 years. And Uranus was discovered. Uranus was the first of the new planets to be discovered in eons. So Uranus was discovered in something like 1789 or yeah, I think 17, maybe 1791 Uranus was discovered the last time Pluto was in Aquarius. So like if you're thinking about shifts in quantum awareness, that's a big one, which is to say our entire idea of the solar system and of astrology has just been changed forever. So, you know, the planet Pluto wasn't even discovered, um, Pluto discovery, let's just see, um, until 1930. So I'm just laying this out because it's like, you know, it ain't over till it's over. I just want to lay that out. Like this, like I said, with the Marvel Disney takeover with like, you know, there's no new ideas, everything's being reused, that's going to shift. Once Pluto's in Aquarius in the next few years, you know, it'll take a while to get rolling, we are going to be seeing that shift. And we've already kind of seen that, you know, 
the movie TV industry has been upended by TikTok. These things are changing the way we consume and the way that our minds work. Um, you know, the the dialogue of um, we're in the matrix, our phones have taken over, blah, blah, blah. That's also going to shift. So, you know, if you read a lot of like cyborg feminism or if you read Shulamit Firestone, Shulamit Firestone is like, yeah, technology is great. Let's create robots that can do childcare for us so that human beings can be liberated from their biology. We're going to be having a lot of that. I mean, by the way, a lot of that's going to go dark, which is going to be like dark Gattaca genetic programming shit. So I'm not saying it's all good, but we are seeing technology is just going to become integrated. The war is going to be over. I'm not saying we're going to, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing. I'm just saying like, it's going to just become a part of life in the way that the Industrial Revolution. When was the Industrial Revolution? Um, when when was the does? Yeah, so the Industrial Revolution did go down not only during the Pluto and Capricorn, but really also Pluto in Aquarius period. Um, so we are thinking about like certain things are just a part of life, like. The morals of taking a, a choo-choo train or a plane, do with that what you will, obviously, and I celebrate what Greta Thunberg does, but like they're just kind of an accepted part of life and we've integrated them. That's what's going to happen with technology. Um, you know, I think tradition and nostalgia will kind of be put to rest. They're having this resurgence now because we keep bringing the dead back to life. That'll be over soon. And... You know, neoliberalism is very much a consequence of Pluto and Capricorn. It is very much this idea of liberalism, the idea that, like, we can make the world better and we can, like, that humanity is progressing um, if we take the right course is something that can be bought and sold. That, you know, that will be put to rest. I think both sides are putting that to rest. But I think liberalism which is like yeah let's 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 make an effort to progress i think that'll be happening i think a lot of the the current language of like well what does it matter the world's gonna end i think that we're gonna be done with that pretty soon um i just don't think the reason that teen culture is really big right now in, in the similar reason that it was big in the 90s is when you're in an aquarian period it becomes clear that teenagers have more power, um, resources, knowledge, and awareness than adults. This happened in the 90s. This is why teen movies were big in the 90s, because we understood that the money and marketing apparatus was was being uh, directed towards teens because teens had exposable inc uh, expendable income. And now we're in that place where teenagers are entrepreneurs. They are tapping into technologies that the older generations don't understand. So... This is kind of a big epochal turning point, and when Pluto moves into Aquarius, it's kind of their new world order. So I just kind of wanted to lay that out because I am not saying the rest of this decade is going to be chill. Um, there is some hard astrology. Neptune in Aries is a big one. And I also think a lot of the things we take for granted about technology, you know, I think a lot of the ways that we like can pretend not to notice that Mark Zuckerberg runs Instagram, etc., etc. 
are going to kind of bleed through when Pluto's in Aquarius, but Aquarius is the sign of the people. Um, so, you know, that's the general rundown. What I would say is, in terms of your personal understanding about what this means for you, I would just think about um, your relationship with what was promised to you by your parents' generation, by the, like, capitalist machine. You know, what what bill of goods were you sold that you do still believe in? And what, um, what were maybe not the most uh, true to you? Or what were inauthentic? You know, what have you seen purged in the last few years that you can kind of release once and for all? So it is very 2020 part two energy, but it's not necessarily... um, Pluto is karma. It's destiny. So Pluto's trying to like catch us up to ourselves. So, okay. I hope you enjoyed this round. Um, This was a... This was fun for me and it was exciting to kind of dive in. Um, And... You know, if you'd like to learn more, Ruby and I are doing our planetary course that's going to be way more in-depth about how these planets interact with your personal chart. So please go to my site, etc., and register. Um, And, you know, more of these kind of solo lessons are available on the Patreon. And, you know, to book a private reading, you know where to find me, davidodyssey.com. Thanks for listening. I'm wishing you a very healing culmination with his Pluto returns. Wah.